0: Something. and I got to go to the store where I did my like facial products and stuff,
1: so I feel a little bit normal in this moment. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for him to start touching around my mouth, so I was like, yeah, got you. Just got you. <laughs> clean up what you can in the way that you can, and then we, we good. We'll leave the rest uh, of that alone. <laughs> right, right, and uh, I have clippers and stuff at home, so I've been trying to maintain it, but it's still not the same, and you don't want to do an oops. And you got to look at that for the next week or so. Uh, (laughs) Luckily, my head grow back real fast so I don't get the oops too long. long. Um, Um, But um, go ahead.
0: Something something turned
1: out But I, But I'm really excited. Uh, Curtis should be in here in a few moments. Curtis uh, has been my co-host for the last couple Fridays. And we do what I like to call his story. Um, And it's really kind of a passion project of mine and helping myself as a black man and a black man that I know and I come across deal with a lot of issues that we have been facing. We talked about police brutality, we talked a little bit about um, uh, being touched and and a lot of really sensitive issues um, when it comes to men. There there you go. Uh, But uh, me and Curtis have been having some really interesting conversations off air and we got to figure out how to capsulize those conversations Curtis so we can uh because I think we got to water them down once we get to air but I want to yeah. really get a um, honest conversation but Curtis is back uh, and today I have this gentleman who I've met as an actor uh, and now we're both in the school system and he works a lot harder with the kids than I do uh, but um uh, mr. George, uh, this individual is a very talented young man, and I've been trying to get him to come on the show. And he finally has time in this quarantine. I've been I've been catching the best of him because of this quarantine. <laughs> so, thanks. It has some blessings in it. you able nice. to like make time for each other. But uh, George, if you can start by introducing yourself, let us know who you are. Uh, kind of your rundown as an artist, educator, activist, dad. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh so uh hey Curtis, how you doing, man? I'm um, great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So um my name is George uh Bunton. Mm-hmm. I am uh a, an actor. Uh or I'm I'm still an actor. I'm on hiatus right now. I have not I too hiatus. long. you
1: about to put him, him to work. you about to put him, him to him the the work.
2: About, uh, three years ago. Um, and, and during the day, I am a community school coordinator for Elevate Baltimore, which is a nonprofit organization that works in the um, OST or out-of-school time space along with uh, one of the lead agencies and is, is also one of the lead agencies for the community school strategy here in Baltimore City. Um, I do some acting. I am currently now a father of five. My God. Uh, father of, of two, met a wonderful, wonderful. Y'all do that on
0: purpose over and over I, again.
2: I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well i was a father you know i was a father of two uh and and i i met met me queen okay. uh, and, and and she had two okay uh, and then we, had, we just recently about four months ago welcomed our uh our young baby boy baby maximus uh okay. to the world. so uh it's been a definite blessing has been he has been the upside to the whole COVID, quarantine, all that stuff. Um, Cause instead of, you know, taking a couple weeks of paternity leave, you know, I've basically been here with him on a daily basis, working from home. And um, so that's been, that's been my saving grace. Um, you know, I know a, a lot of people, this isolation and just kind of like having slow down of life has been tough on some people. And, and it's been yeah. kind of the opposite for me. So I'm, I really feel fortunate. Um, to to he came literally he he was born uh, two weeks before they shut everything down <laughs> and, and so so it was uh, so that was that's been great um, I am also um, the Western District representative for the Baltimore City Civilian Review Board we are the quasi independent agency that um, uh, takes in and um, um, we hear complaints from the public. Um, when they've had um, run-ins, negative uh, interactions or run-ins with police, um, we um, we look over those cases and we make recommendations uh, to the uh, Baltimore City Police Department and Commissioner Harrison uh, with any recommendations that we come to, uh, or whatever recommendation we concluded. Um, uh, I do as much volunteer work as I can, um, trying to uh, trying to get out there. Uh, I just recently started training with uh, the Baltimore Mediation Center um, to become uh, a, a mediating volunteer, um, and, and really um, learning how to be that rock in between uh, people who uh, who need some mediation, who need some some somebody to come to the center. Um, yeah. And that's, that's pretty much it, man. Um, I, I've been talking with Nate because I I really feel like it's time for me to get back to to the acting, and uh, I've been having some conversations with this brother on some of the best ways to do it. He's somebody I've worked with, have had, I've had uh, tremendous respect for him um, for a long time. Um, just and and I think a lot of it just has to do with his drive and work ethic. Um, Nate has always struck me as a person is like, look, we gotta get it done.
1: I'd like to I'd eat, sir. Gotta get those. Gotta get that meal on that table. Gotta get that meal on that table. Right, right, right. You've always Uh, really
2: exuded that. You've always really exuded that for me. Like, you know, you've been, you've always been kind of no nonsense. We gotta get this done. Focus is impeccable, Um, and it's something that I've always noticed and always admired, even if I never told you. That's 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 how I feel. You.
1: You can always just send a check. I take checks. And forms of I gotta get a check first. I, 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 okay, so I got you. I got. When you. I get the check, you know what I mean. I have Well, no that's int- what we're working on. That's what we're working on now. So that's. I have no, no intention again. to figure that out. My fortune once it starts rolling in. Claim it, claim it, reach up and claim it. But today, um, and I asked George. I wanted to kind of start blending in, and um, myself and Curtis, uh, will be inviting people on and just to share that conversation. Um I don't part of what I think me and, well, from my perspective, what me and Curtis talk about, we're not we not feeling like we're bashing anybody outside of being of a black man, mm-hmm. but the idea of we have to have our voice, and often we don't feel as though we have a voice or mm-hmm. we have license to be able to express or sound off that voice. Okay. Um and this space right here is is um, our contribution to helping black men tell your story um, Mm -hmm. and and feel vindicated and and going through it, getting through it or needing to go through it or get through it. Um, And it's no, we're not perfect. Neither of us are claiming to be Dr. Phil or Dr. Anything, but we both have experiences. Mm -hmm. And being two black men coming from similar backgrounds, but different backgrounds, I wanted to be able to share that space with individuals that I know that I, that I can reach and, and just black men in general, um, today's topic, we're going to deal with that idea of feeling protected, um, and or not or lack thereof protection. Um, it. and it's a sensitive issue because it requires for us to have a certain level of honesty about where we've been and who we've been around and how we felt about those things. Mm-hmm. um i shared a couple of weeks ago i had tracy jiggett on and i i invited her on because i wanted to say thank you we had had an incident online me sticking my nose in a conversation a post and automatically getting backlash from my perspective when it was mm-hmm. a public uh profile a public platform for me to be able to express my opinions mm-hmm. and being attacked and I felt words like um, I was attacking someone or I was um, being a misogynistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw where that was going.
0: Yeah, I've seen a lot I of things I
1: totally left from where the conversation started, but it got to that point And Tracy came in without me realizing. And George knows Tracy and knows the type of woman she is. Lord. Instantly took my defense. And mm-hmm. I, I was... I was stunned because that doesn't normally happen. Mm-hmm. Normally all the black women jump on a bandwagon when, when the word misogynistic or attack any of those problematic words or traumatic uh, words come up, black women normally connect. And it was, but the understanding of who I was and who I, my integrity was, I'm not that person at all. Um, she came in and, and, and rectified the situation and kind of really, dissolved it from getting any bigger than what it could have gotten. And mm-hmm. I I rarely, I'm not going to say never, but I rarely felt that level of protection from another Black woman that wasn't my mother. Um, yeah. And that that did something to me. And that kind of united myself. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to say united as if we kind of coalitioned up. But um, that's how I kind of met Curtis. And uh, me and him had a conversation this weekend. And it was a number of conversations we had and this kept being kind of like a, a red flag item about feeling protected. So I'm gonna let Curtis talk a little bit um uh and give his perspective on today's topic and tell us how he's feeling and all that jazz.
3: Okay. Um man. Yeah so spotlight. <laughs> yeah. Well the, the the protection piece um Especially when it comes to uh, young males being raised in matriarchy, I can mm-hmm. only speak. I gotta speak from that from that angle. Right, um,
1: right, right.
3: What I, some of the things that I've witnessed? Just uh, let me give you a small a small example. Mm-hmm. I had four sisters, no brothers. Okay. Uh, my grandparents on my mom's side had uh, four, five daughters, two sons. Okay, the 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 makeup of of the family and the structure as far as who were the, you know, primary disciplinarians and who whose ideas and uh, uh I guess behaviors we were told to uh. To, instructions as far as behavior we were told to follow came from the women in the family Mm -hmm. Uh, many of the things were things that i would consider just to be you know uh uh neutrally understood from both the masculine and feminine perspective but some things uh such as certain expectations that are placed on males uh to be protectors providers and so on these things were things that were drilled into my head as a child when um i told the women in my family that i wanted to be a school teacher this is my first example what they would say to me is school teacher this came out of more, at least three of their mouths a school teacher how are you going to take care of a woman and children on a school teacher's salary So in one instance, I felt like one of the things that I was passionate about was being killed. Because it it was it was something that I was genuinely passionate about that had no attachment to do with the expectation of being able to take care of a woman and children. So because they couldn't see that how someone uh I guess that's what you would call a, a, a blue collar job, I guess, so okay. to speak, um, which most of America is blue collar, which, you know, but I guess the things that fed their appetite for how life was supposed to look were the things that they were passing on to the young men and the family, because they were the ones raising us. Mm-hmm. So, um, now i come from a two-parent household but it, it was a strong christian uh foundation laid there you know uh pentecostal holiness church type of upbringing so but my parents didn't really come from those types of households so they made conscious decisions to uh, rear us different and in doing that what I noticed is my my father being a military guy many times he was away in my younger years that's mm-hmm. another reason that the you know the women had so much outside of, of it being a small group of men in my family and those men being military and some of them being unhealthy due to alcoholism and other things even more reason. Everything was being reared by the women, mm-hmm. and sometimes some of the things that I witnessed, uh, as far as what they were laying on, ex- as far as expectations of what a man is supposed to do, meaning self sacrifice, because that's what I'm pretty much hitting at. Right. Um, I feel I'm I'm not necessarily the self sacrifice teacher i gotta be honest i'm not i'm not that you have to assess who you're who you're dealing with (laughs) before you as a man just you know go cat and save them out here because Mm -hmm. that could cost you your life that could cost you your finances that can cost you many things and i don't feel that um people when they lay expectations in the in you know, in a matriarchy, when the expectations are laid on males in certain ways, men don't think about those things. So they don't think about it. They're more thinking about how can I spend a day's worth of pay on a date than how can I save that and invest it in my future? Because that's yeah. not, you know what I'm saying? So we're not taught to be economically cons- conservative or even s- selfish, if you want to use that, that term. But that's not what i've witnessed in other communities so now that my eyes are open to that and when i say that i'm talking about the communities that are at the the people that i know that are at the level that most of my family would desire to see meaning we're not worried about mortgages being paid and this and that and the other the men were the primary breadwinners but they were also the men who the people who laid down the structure as far as codes of conduct and expectations, meaning Arab families and Jewish families that I know of. Know some families in those communities well, and the ones that I know are are, are really affluent. And they they really there's a high level of protection for the men in those communities. If you look at what happens in this community, as far as elections, one of the things that, if you notice, Donald Trump had a lot of white women supporters who were not going against their white men. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The men, the, the the white patriarchy, the women in that community understand some of the protections that come through letting some of that power go. You see? so.
1: I'm going to stop you for a quick second and then we go get back into it. But I want to hear George's perspective and I kind of just gave him the topic so mm-hmm. I don't want you to feel like hot seat. Oh, but, yes, uh, <laughs> but what is George and when you hear um, and I'm, I'm trying to phase it in a way but our topic is us not necessarily always feeling protected mm-hmm. or, or or having a lack of protection when it's is about reciprocal but we're not being it's not coming back to us when you hear that term or that that phrase what do you think well unless uh okay so to be honest
2: this is the first time that i've heard it Mm -hmm. um at least that i can think of so recently in the recent kind of conversation it's been the opposite it's been we have been talking a lot about our women not feeling protected and particularly by us, right? right. Black men. Mm-hmm. Um but I I think I see where Curtis what Curtis is saying, because I think it would explain kind of like I, I see in part of this conversation has been like women are expressing themselves and then men are, men are injecting instead of kind of listening and responding, we're kind of injecting in a way that's like, hey, we, we gotta deal with this too. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so From that perspective, um, when it comes to being a Black man in America, uh, no, I don't really feel protected at all. I think that- And and I'm
1: not to break you up, but this is not just from Black women, but just Uh, in general, general, even from other men or from the community at large. I don't want to isolate Mm -hmm. Black women because I don't want that. Okay. So so in in general,
2: no. I mean, I think that we're the most targeted uh, 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 people in society. That's how. Um, I it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I mean, I don't really outside and within our community. I think I don't even think that there's much of a um, argument about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you might hear, you know, you get over to the white side or the political affiliation side. And you might hear others start saying, oh no, you're not. No, you're not, yeah. you know, and, and wanting right. to debate us about that. Uh, but I don't see anybody really um making any um disputing it. any, any, any worthwhile arguments to the contrary. Um, you know, I've heard, you know, we've talked part of the conversation is with our women is that they feel that they are um the least appreciated. Um and kind of like the bottom of the totem pole in America. Right. And, right. and I think those are two separate issues. So I never feel like, first of all, like like my whole thing is that this, this it seems like sometimes we trying to race to the bottom to claim the bottom.
0: Right. And I'm just
2: like, I can see you black woman who has to deal with your own thing, being black and being a woman, right? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't negate the fact that as a black man, I feel like I got a target on my back in this country. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like I got to watch my moves and watch my steps as I navigate this terrain. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say this, and this is is my experience. They will certainly check us when they feel like we need to be checked. Mm -hmm. But if there's ever one group that I have always felt like has been, has had my back as a black man, is yeah. black women. Um, I'm not. I I'm getting to a maturity level where I can take their criticisms without allowing my emotions to rise up and really hear what it is that they're trying to say and mm-hmm. being able to understand that even if I disagree, it doesn't mean that there's no truth to it. Maybe there's right. just a factor here that I'm not able to consider for whatever for for, for whatever reason. Uh but i say again, nobody shows up for the black man, like the black woman, nobody (laughs) like, and if we didn't have them to show up for us, it would be left to us to, 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 to solve these issues that we face. Um, so that's my perspective on it. Um, I absolutely feel like, yeah, I, I don't feel protected. I don't feel protected from a, from a, a, a legal perspective. I don't feel protected from a law enforcement perspective. I I, I don't. Um, but but when when it hits the fan, uh, our sisters show up.
1: It 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 is, uh, and a, a lot of the conversation that me and Curtis have had was really personal experiences that we've noticed in our interactions with other guys. Like I I remember saying to Curtis, I really. It was a breath of fresh air that I'm starting to meet these men, especially within the arts field, that have experienced things of hurt or trauma or headache or whatever, as I've felt them. Yeah. Or we both feel a certain type of way, and mm-hmm. our actions may have been different, how we dealt with it may have been different, how we even saw it. Some of us didn't, like for me, I didn't see the trauma until I was an adult. And I saw how other people lived. And I said, like, oh, that was not normal. That Mm -hmm. shit ain't normal to be raised in a family like that. And you have a lot of bitterness and a lot of, and it's being transferred into the children's lives. That Mm -hmm. ain't normal until I start seeing other things and going, Mm -hmm. and they're not comparing my life, but oh, it's not normal for. Mm a black man never to have been given any affection, like physical affection by, in a non-sexual way. That's not, and should not be a normal Mm -hmm. uh, in in life. And those are the types of things that kind of lead up to this conversation of being protected. Some some of the life decisions that our nurturers or the people in our village, uh, the responsibility that they had it wasn't always seen or it wasn't mm-hmm. shown or wasn't dealt with. Mm-hmm. Right. And often the black males, and I, I say this a lot, there are so many programs to help women be preventative for everything from A to Z. Mm-hmm. And most times men get that treatment after they're far gone in any given circumstance or after they've been incarcerated or mm-hmm. right before they... Yeah. Dying or when they're on death row, that's when men get that type of compassion, or sometimes not, but often they get that type of therapy. And a lot of it, as uh, up into a certain age, it's our responsibility to take over that. But because it's never been a thing in our lives, we don't even know to take on that responsibility and go out and get help. That's why we need a mediation center. That's why we need therapists around. On every uh, aspect of life. And it, it, the idea that we have on call therapists in a school building, that's strange. It's not a, it's normal to us because we've always had it. But the mm-hmm. fact that you have to have a clinical therapist on staff mm-hmm. in the building says a lot when they used to just be called in at some point. But now they are part of, there's a whole wing of many schools just for those types of incidents. And more specifically, because I've only ever been a man in my life, a black man, I feel like this happens in our community more times than any of us would care to uh, count. For mm-hmm. a question for both of you guys: Has there ever been a moment where you tried to reach out for that support and just felt like it just wasn't there, or it wasn't for you to get, or it's been physically said that way, or you know, in some comparison
2: of that so so yeah um i i had a situation where um my first time seeking um mental health resources um and and at the time what was really most available to me and uh was the was like a walk-in type of place where you you know they had walk-in hours right um sat down, talked to this guy for like 45 minutes. And yeah, he he was trying to put me on medication. Thank God I was smart enough to know that something wasn't right. Like I I feel like I knew or had heard or I had some frame of reference at that time because I immediately recognized this as like, wait, this is not normal. Like, How you gonna just like it was almost like that's what they that's what they there for just to throw medication at people, Um, and um, so that was and that that actually I never went back to seek any type of mental health um, resources for probably about another year and a half, two years, just Mm -hmm. because imagine what could have happened in that year of time, right? And luckily I wasn't in crisis or anything like that, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, And then later when I started to seek out. And at, and now I'm a little older, so um, you know, like I've, had, I've I've been able to reach out to people and talk and ask for recommendations and things like that. Um, so the second time around, uh, it was more of what it should be. You know what I mean? Like, and it turns out, like you know, I don't need no medication. It's like you know, that's that was one of those 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 situations where yeah, it was like this this is not how it's supposed to be, right? Um, where you reach out for a resource and what you get is just not, not what you need, not, not what's going to benefit you, any of that. Um So now, you know, now, thankfully, you know, like I, I, I see a therapist, I have a therapist that I see regularly and, um and I'm, and you know, we just talk, you know, it's just a, it's a good place for me to kind of lay out what's going on in my life, how I feel about it, get some constructive feedback, Um right. you know, uh, but, my, my my therapist is a black male. So like you know what I'm saying? It's like that's 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 important. Um we gotta start getting our systems in place and really start doing the extra legwork of seeking out our own because right, we are right. You
0: know what Whatever
2: you need, there's a black person out here that's providing that. All right. It mm-hmm. just ain't as easily find they they're just not as easily uh visible as say Walmart or or Target, you know what I mean? But they out here. And
3: Curtis, yeah. Well, I mean, I I pretty much grew to the point where I just understood ask for as little as possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I um, it may seem like a, a strange or even a, a how could I say it a sad way to live.
1: Unfortunately, in some like people's
3: eyes, in some people's eyes. But when you get understanding, sometimes you realize it's not even the worst thing because some of the people really have nothing to offer mm-hmm. at the end of the day anyway. Like nothing to cure whatever is dis you at that moment outside right. of book knowledge. You know, that's why when he said he had a black male therapist, that's that is important because that's another level of connection. Mm-hmm. um. That goes beyond book knowledge, if you get what I'm saying. Like Mm -hmm. everything isn't just what you read in the book, you know. Um, But yeah, there's been times where I've reached out for um, help and it wasn't available. In particular from those in my family, because once again, it's a it's a strong matriarchy. So some of the issues I was dealing with. They weren't even capable of. Uh, speaking to that at that time because it's things it's certain things that males i don't know if it's just through conditioning uh you know nature and nurture or one or the other that we're conditioned to kind of just carry and be silent about because the expectation once again of of the the idea of male strength is that we supposed to suck it up a lot of times
1: Well, it's it's marketing as well. A lot of the programs Mm. that say like the pregnancy, teen pregnancy programs, a lot of them, and I worked for one of them, all of the women's side, like parts of the program had pretty colors that were like, I don't want to get, well, I'm going to say it, they were all jewel colors, like rose quartz and Mm. and, uh, pretty, really strong names. And they had one program for the men, and it was called Man Up. And I and I wow. I wanted to know like could it uh, not that we needed to get our support in in a cotton candy form, but the messaging in that you know is I mean, just right, right? Just the I mean, messaging was off because yeah. there was no nurturing in that. It was like right. suck it up. It's the same thing. Stop that crying. Suck it up. Stop being a little bitch. Is that same mentality. Right. And you're right. now as men get older, you're giving that to them. We're expected to be these strong creatures that can't crack. Well, I now I'm starting to hear black women say I'm not superwoman because I I ache like everybody else. I you know, I'm vulnerable like every and I feel like men aren't allowed to say those things. And then I'm speaking for myself. As a man, I felt like I've not been able to express hurt. Or well, when I do express it, you become a problem. Or you become somebody, I ain't got time for that. Go man up Or negative. Why up. are
3: you negative when sometimes right. they don't understand that um, you don't have anybody to share some of these things with at right. times. Sometimes you're just right. trying to get it off your chest. You're not even asking them to, to realistically solve a problem or give you a response. You just want to, you know, right. but um, Man, there's a, I, I want to say this too. Um, a, a lot of this is a is a numbers game also, and mm-hmm. the reason I'll say that is you look at things, for example, like like war, right? Uh, be it in the streets or on an international scale. There's are certain expectations of males. I call it the male disposability factor. I didn't coin that term. It's just been out there in the atmosphere for a while. But that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things I've been saying lately about males and protection, right? I've been seeing a lot of comments on like social media or even when I scroll through Murder, Inc. once in a while where people are saying, Oh my God! They're killing women and children now, as if a man's life doesn't matter, and that disgusts me. Mm-hmm. It disgusts me because I I feel like what makes the death of a woman or a child any worse than the, that man is somebody's father, brother, somebody's child, you know, and what wouldn't? So it's certain things that are ingrained in society where society. Uh, doesn't even place the burden of protection on the society for males. You know, it's, and um, even like when you look at old war posters of people beating some guy over the head because he doesn't want to go and put a gun in his hand and go fight somebody that he doesn't even know. You know, these types of things, like, I don't understand how people don't look at that as being sick.
1: Well,
3: it's the expectation that they have to admit that they're sick. Yeah, you don't want to gun up. You don't want to gun up, so you're 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 less of a man because you don't. want to gun up. We
2: don't we don't acknowledge or admit a lot of fairly simple truths about our nature as human beings, because then right. it causes us collectively to have to take uh, an incredibly deep look in the mirror. That I don't think, mm-hmm. as a society, we, we're ready to do. Um, hopefully, one day we'll wake up um, and and decide that you know we want we want to change. Um, I I always try to you know when we have when I have these conversations in in my circle in my circles, um, you know I always try to just you know I think you can take a single personal journey and extrapolate that to a society and it's just like anything else like you want to change right you real mm-hmm. you recognize that there's some issues you got things that are holding you back toxic traits and pers- uh, toxic traits and habits right mm-hmm. and the first thing you do is you gotta you gotta recognize and you gotta admit to yourself I got a problem I got an issue mm-hmm. then you got to go about doing the work right And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I always have been over the last maybe seven to eight years have become very keenly aware of is that our Mm -hmm. sisters have really committed to doing the work. And Nate, you touched on this earlier about how they have a lot of these resources for, for women that they don't have for men. And now I'm starting to see these resources that are popping up that are being led and orchestrated by black women for black women. Like, even when they fight amongst themselves, that sisterhood be strong. I'm talking about yeah. stuff like Black Girls Vote. I'm talking about the the different uh, programs and things that have popped yeah. up, the the, the, the the sororities, the Black sororities that are out there always seems to be involved in something where they're bringing up the next generation. And I feel like, um, you know, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine about a year ago about the fact that, like, where is the stuff for us? Like, it's but out it there. Has
1: to be, like it has to be led by us. Right. And it's, it's and I don't want to discredit a lot of the groups that are starting to come up, like Wanda black men and and who yeah. uh, started right. a, a programming, but often <clears throat> those are rare entities. And often our program are is designated with how we dress. Like uh, bow ties and and making sure the young men have suits and ties, and not dealing with anything under right. the surface of right. problems, issues that right. they're having. The right. fact that till this day we still have a an alarming number of single parent homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're starting to see more single dads, but it's still an alarming amount of single mothers out there raising children. What, what is the issue you know we we can start a movement like black men don't cheat but it, and that's just to tell us that we shouldn't cheat but outside of that it's nothing that's going any deeper than that we're dealing with very surface uh, uh, yeah. surface issues or we're dealing with the the really dramatic issues on a surface basis just yeah. because you give right. an ex-con a suit and a job don't mean you've dealt with the issues that got him to being a convict right, an ex-convict right. and that's that's where I'm 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 leading and it mm-hmm. is on us as black men to begin to start these platforms and start conversations and start having programming that deals with what people are really dealing with. I'm mm-hmm. saying we're all in our like mid 30s to 40s and and it's it's a problem that I'm seeing in 20s and teens and even younger Right. That's not. It's not being dealt with. Well, when I think. About, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I think. The, ahead. I think
2: to 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 piggyback on what you're saying. I think part a, a lot of that has to do with yo. You you got to have it. It's going to take like a substantial part of a generation to yeah. like start that process, yeah. right? Um, now I don't know if it's going to be our generation or it's going to be the generation coming up after us. It has to, to be. us. Take, a sustain. It's gonna have to take a significant portion to really kind of kickstart that, and then it's gonna take some time to get to that place.
1: Well, so like, is, Elijah, it's the Elijah, word Elijah you gotta George say, George, say. The word George. It's called sacrifice. right? right. It's we'll say about sacrifice.
2: About that's a whole man. We can have a whole whole other conversation. Uh, uh, that's what yeah. that has
1: to happen first. People right. have to it's put just, their yeah, egos. And people I have I to believe, heal. I
2: right. believe that That's why. Black America really can't get itself out of that circumstances that we find ourselves in due to, like, white supremacy and slavery.
0: Because
2: in order to nation build, as they call it, right, you're like, Uh the people who built the town are not really the people who get to reap the benefits of said town.
0: Because
2: they were busy building it. Right. Right. By the time it was built and up and functioning, right? They're in their twilight years. So they get right. to see it for what it is, but do they right. really get to take advantage? And like well, so when we talk right. about building like black wealth and black power, the problem is most people know. You know what I'm saying? Like if I spend all my time building this up, that's it. That's that's pretty much my life. Right. 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 I can it for everybody else to enjoy. And like right. I don't think anybody is really. In, in mass, there there are groups. There right. are groups out here. I think so, uh, they totally uh, understand that, and they totally down for it. Um, uh, but yeah. as a larger collective, um, I think that's one of the things that we struggle with. I think selfishness is a is a huge part of like not just what's mm-hmm. wrong with like what 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 ills black people, but what ills everything, especially in this country. <laughs> all I see is selfishness. Oh
0: yeah, You know what
2: I'm saying.
3: Yeah, I was, I, I was I going to say
2: that I don't think a race that I really don't believe that they are racist in the traditional sense. But they don't they they too selfish to give up that 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 privilege mm-hmm. that comes with white supremacy. So while they may not be out in the street saying, nigga, this nigga that or they may not be out there talking behind our backs or reckless. But they ain't trying to give up that privilege.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Because that privilege, it works for them. You know what I mean? So it is it's it's definitely a multi multi-layered problem, multi-layered
3: yeah. issue all that. Yeah, it has it has thousands of layers <laughs> at this point. And um yeah, I I I wanted to say you know we've been kind of cultured out of uh using projection, I'll call it that. We've been cultured out of that. See, this is, this is one of the things I think in a previous talk I pointed this out about Islam. The men who are alive in Islam today, the men who really dedicate them li- their lives to it, they're thinking a hundred years down the road.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
3: They already know they're not going to be here to see the promised land. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They know they're not going to enter in. They're worried about their children entering in. Right. so they're sacrificing their lives right now for the vision that's in their mind of what the world is supposed to be knowing that they're never going to taste that milk and honey mm. we and don't on have a,
1: we, on the surface of the problem i i just it's
3: we're just too sacrifice. nearsighted bro we we're, we're, we're what you call hedonists okay you know what i'm saying we like that that instant gratification right now pleasure that right now but let me tell you something that i've come to understand this is why i didn't freak out doing the covid thing minimalizing and having less desires leads to less concern about this stuff you'll be okay letting some things go and sacrificing some things Mm -hmm. when you your desires and your appetite is changed And unfortunately, the things that we entertain ourselves with most often does more damage than white supremacy could do in thousands of years because we lock ourselves under, it's a certain mental bondage. Like When you start feeding your eyes things like, uh, I don't even know the women's names, but Everything we see in, in reality TV, I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. When you leave a job that, that consumes 40 hours or more of your life and come home and and, and clock into that foolishness things that help you hate your life more, <laughs> right? help you right. get this appetite for things that don't even matter, you know, those things will eat away at your soul so bad. Mm-hmm. And leave you with... Your, like, your well will be empty. You will not understand sacrifice at that point. You'll spend every dollar. You'll spend every minute trying to occupy it with something. You won't even understand the value of rest. You know? What your body needs. You know, you need to shut shut some stuff down sometimes. And yeah. um, we've been cultured out of those those that type of understanding. So... But to, to the brother's point about or the, the, the thought process that can lift us up out of this, it's time for us to examine functional philosophies, things that we can apply, not yeah. just things that make us feel good like a Martin Luther King speech. We got to put things in a much greater perspective about what we can do that functionally works and that's one of the things why i always mention dr amos wilson even when he talks about education he says it has to be centered around the problems you have to solve we can't just give ourselves the same education that somebody at yale who's a social scientist is getting to come and run a black city rather than a person that's bred from within our own community getting information and applying and coming up with a curriculum and or program for our problems because we have different problems down here in West Baltimore than we have in Bumfuckville, Massachusetts. It's not the same. You know?
1: Let me take a quick commercial break. Uh, I just want to throw out there, if you're looking to promote your business, you're looking to promote your upcoming virtual event or your, your quarantine event or your products or services, please reach out to Big exposed radio at info at radio.com up on the screen. Now you'll see Top blue jewelry. It's how I've been maintaining as an artist, uh, as this 14, uh, has persisted. It's how I've gotten through it. So look up top blue jewelry, www.vashti blue jewelry. Um, it's a, a girth of, uh, Information on there. Um, I have classes that I give. I have uh, workshops that I produce in terms of showing people how to effectively start their own uh, jewelry business, uh, as well as showing them art therapy uh, using jewelry. As it's been for me, that shop blue jewelry was birthed out of the murder of my grandmother, and it really gave me a sense of self and purpose. Uh, so I give you a number of workshops, a number of classes, um, and some awesome. One-of-a-kind of pieces made by me, and that's www.vash.bluejewelry.com. Please let us help you uh, advertise your upcoming event, your products, and your services. Go to info at beexposedradio.com. Uh, but getting back to the conversation, I had to you gotta pay the bills. i got to eat. Right, gotta, right, eat, right. right, right. Uh, but uh, this is, it, it takes me back a little bit. Because there wasn't always a space for us to be able to go. You had to have a real cool uh, person or mentor or friend that you could go to. But beyond that, often they didn't always have solutions. So, But now it's it's more common for us to find like-minded black men that we can kind of, you know, uh, breathe, take out, exhale, if you will. Um, and there are a number of groups on Facebook now. There are a number of men organizations. There was one down at the Living Well Center that was like once a month. I don't know if they're meeting virtually now because it was an in-person meeting. But there are a number of now uh, programs and groups for to help Black men. But one of the things that I want to say to all of those people that may have those groups or are thinking about starting a group, one, understand what your intention is. If you're just seeking attention or some light. So please don't. Please don't. 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 Because Black men are really suffering in numbers that are just astronomical. And it's not in silence anymore. Many of the Black men are acting out now. We have uh, the idea of a fatherless nation. We've been having programs that specifically deal with that. And we've watched that improve. But uh, again, the mental health, the stresses of life, the, that whole um, indoctrinated mm-hmm. system of slavery on on us as it go, went down, a lot of that stuff is still on our backs and we don't even know it's there. And we're feeling yeah. things and we're we're uh, going through things that we are unfamiliar with, not just the problems of drug abuse. Drug abuse, alcoholism, over-sexualized, being over-sexualized, a lot of those things are not the problem. They're, those are the results or the reaction to mm-hmm. the problem. And we have to figure out a way of of almost protecting ourselves in this minute, in this moment because we can't rely on women because they're doing getting themselves together, and right. a lot of them don't want to take on the stress of of us. So right. th- it was very important for me to start this conversation with us today because I, I need solutions. I need solutions. I need us as black men to begin to not just laugh at Kanye. But if I'm close enough, like uh, uh, Dave Chappelle did, he went out to actually meet with that man. We got to stop looking at things and wait till they get to a Kanye level and just laugh and joke about it. It's it's Mm -hmm. not the crazy cousin no more. Like your crazy cousin out there killing himself and other people in the process. Mm -hmm. But we got to figure out a way to protect ourselves from the inside out. Uh, as a as a dad, I see your son there with you, George. Um, yeah. Please answer this as well, Curtis. Uh, what are you giving to your specifically your male children? Uh uh-huh. That helps them to stay balanced and focused throughout all of this. What and not to say it's any different for your 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 female children, but mm-hmm. what is different about the the love and support and guidance that you're giving to your male child? Um.
2: You know, just just giving them their space to be themselves, right? Their full selves. Um, you know, my my stepsons are like too they they kind of they amaze me. I'm gonna say this low because I don't want them to hear me, but. <laughs> you know, they're, they're like these two like incredibly unique individuals. And I just you know, like I just try not to stifle that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Even when they you know like as an adult and i'm trying to do certain things and they it might annoy me a little bit or you know they say something that i i might know is wrong or i might disagree with or you know like it's just kind of like you know i think that i'm very conscious of the fact that men uh uh young men in particular are constantly told who they should be
0: what right. they should be, right how
2: they I really, really outside of teaching those basic life lessons, like having respect for yourself, making sure that you're respectful of others, um, you know, speaking uh, to people, you know, appropriately and things like that, but telling them who they should be and how they should be. I'm just not really, I I don't know if that, I I don't think that's helpful, right? Because I know that there's so many other influences that's going to be trying to Mm -hmm. say to them. You gotta be like this, you gotta be like that. Mm-hmm. You gotta be
0: like this. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and they're nine and ten, right? I'm like, before I start suggesting certain things, like give them time to like come into their own
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, and see where that takes them. Right. And and what I try to do, and what what, what has been the biggest challenge for me, honestly, is watching my myself
0: mm-hmm.
2: and my behaviors, right? Um, so the hardest thing so far has really been changing my music because you know like i like hip-hop and i like rap and and i do like i i don't only like that but you know when i'm in the car i'm used you know when they in the car with me in my car right and they they'll they'll tell me quick oh hey that's cursing you know so and it's little stuff like that right because Right now, you know, like their you know, I'm their stepdad, their father is still in their lives as well. But like we're the two examples for them.
0: Yeah.
2: Right? Consistently. Mm -hmm. And so I found that it's actually like watching how I do. Like, so I don't ever want them to hear me yelling at their mom. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think those it's little things like that that I think as men are more beneficial, like they're gonna look. To us to see how to move how to navigate right as men and a lot of times it's not even what we say you know what i'm saying it's like what am i doing in front of them how am i conducting myself so having these young men in my life i am much more um conscious of that because with my girls my girls are there and it's just kind of like you know all the whole, like, parenting thing kind of goes out the window. Like, these are my princesses, right? All I want to do with them is, like, shower them with hugs and kisses and all that, you know, all that stuff that dads do. But then when you have boys that are watching you regularly, you become immediately aware that, like, what I'm
1: doing, they watch. But do you see that? And I want you to answer as well, Curtis, how we sometimes shortchange our young men by not thinking of them the same way we think of our young ladies? Because in today's world, we are well aware that they're facing some of the same hurdles and obstacles and temptations and just blows, life blows as our young ladies are facing. Is there a conscious decision to kind of balance that love and and give the same Mm -hmm. type of attention? There's obviously differences, but Giving out
0: young
2: men that same affection. Yeah, I guess in my in my in my thinking of it, it's like I, all I'll say is this: I have two girls, right? And oh. you know, like I, of course, like I watch my language around them, again, <laughs> the music and stuff like that. Um, but the con the the like consciousness that someone was watching me did not hit me until there were boys involved. Because I feel like my daughter, when it when she's when she is taking her cues on like what it means to be a woman, like she's looking at her mom, she's looking at her 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 older sibling, she's looking at aunts, right? And maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm tripping. All I know is that the natural instinct, like the minute that I became that I like, it almost happened simultaneously. Like at the point that I realized, like. This is the woman I'm gonna be with. It was like almost like a switch. It was like immediately uh-huh. I realized that I'm I'm here and like mm-hmm. they're watching. And it just caused certain, it just caused me to naturally be more aware of certain things. Um, mm-hmm. that I did not or was not keenly aware of when it was just girls. Now, so, you- I say all that to say. Right. It, I'm not trying to justify it because it might actually be wrong. Um, and, and, and I
0: hadn't thought about
2: it until you asked the question. All I can say is that that natural inclination happened when I realized that I was now like
1: she went to the school one that these boys were looking up to. Right. So yeah. for you, Curtis, I know you have a son, but what? How do you? Are you preparing him? to prevent him really from some of the, the life that you've had to experience in terms of uh-uh. sex and, and all those things?
3: Well, I'm, I'm actually very affectionate with, with my sons. I hug them mm-hmm. often. They get, you know, kisses on the cheek. All the, and I smother them. Um, but I'm also very, uh, stern and direct when when i need to be um i give them uh talks i don't you know my my the oldest of my two sons is six the youngest is 18 months but the six-year-old he understands you know very well a lot of things that I say to them and why I say them. So let 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 me say this. I I I never want to make the mistake of not mentioning that I view what's happening in our community especially with males. I view it as a type of warfare. And I have I have to say that it's it's definitely a war for the minds and the bodies that's going on not just with our males but with the women in our community too but specifically with the males considering that we are in a war and the sense of urgency is much higher right now uh, um the margin of error for them is, is 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 has been lowered so it's important to really stress certain things to them uh, and not procrastinate on them. So I speak very direct about certain things. I'm not passive about certain things. I tell them even beyond respect for someone outside of yourself, you should be concerned for your own safety and well-being. Meaning don't even put yourself in certain situations. (laughs) You know, regardless of, you know what I'm saying, that are going to uh, cause you to have certain encounters with police, certain encounters with people from other neighborhoods, certain encounters uh, that could cause you to have certain accusa- accusations leveled against you. Mm-hmm. They have to be told this very young and it's not to put fear in them. It's because of the understanding that we are in a war, okay? We are in a war, and they have no problem eliminating some of us through incarceration, through, uh, through medical apartheid, or through, uh, you know, social uh, warfare and various things, health, and so on. We have, to, we have to actually begin to raise the bar as far as the culture in which we live. And by culture, I mean the quality of the art, as the brother mentioned, you know, the music, the visual art, the dietary element, because food is a part of culture. Uh, the social elements, how we view relationships. Uh, what's safe to do and what's not safe to do a lot of this stuff has to be really considered um and reexamined and not just looked at through the lens of who they tell us is great uh based on you know uh uh the last 50 years you know they 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 pick a lot of heroes and a lot of philosophies that I'm open to questioning now and i think that some of the conversations that need to happen in our community uh, today to help us move forward. We need to put certain philosophies on the table and examine them so we can come up with the things necessary to solve the problems we face right now in this war we're in right now. We can't drag our feet on it. We can't keep waiting four years for a vote. There are so many things we can do right now. Simple things that will cause the paradigm shift necessary for us to move forward and elevate as a people. Those are the things that I try to instill in my children. Like don't throw trash in the street. Pick the trash up that's in front of your house. If it's in, in the street, you know, um, don't spend up. All your money on roadblocks. Put some away in the bank. Uh, When you drive, stop at a stop sign. Stop signs are important. Don't tailgate people. You know, a lot of these things may seem like small things, but I watch accidents happen almost every week. Bad accidents. People die from not using stop signs. Idiots ride through the community all the time, not paying attention to traffic signals. Tailgating each other. So then you have Conflict because you're riding on somebody, you know, st- road rage. That's a real problem. It may seem like it's not, but it's a real issue. People get shot, they get beat up. You know, we have gas station fight, fr- all kinds of stuff happening. So that's what I.
2: That's where I find myself having talks with my stepsons about being slow to hate.
0: Like, you know, type of issues.
2: Being slow because I and and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it that that whole road rage thing really spoke to me because all road rage is is like losing control in that moment. Yeah, Um, and I've had you know, they're boys, so they they can get rough with each other, they 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 got the same toys and they often have disagreements, but we've had you know, that's one of our big focus is like not reacting in anger. because and I'm this to them, you know, as a, as a black, as a young black man, young black child, soon to be man, people expect
1: that of you.
0: Mm-hmm. I've been
1: I've been watching a lot of um just a lot of different things now that I have time to actually watch things. Um, and I've been watching Celebrity Marriage Bootcamp. Now this seems weird because I'm not a big mm-hmm. reality TV show, but I've I've gotten into watching it after one episode, not because of the crazy rich people problems or fake problems that they sometimes create in reality TV, but more so for the therapeutic side of it because they set them up in scenarios where something like a road rage or how you deal with anger, like you have to argue at times. That's a part of life because there's a difference of opinion, but understanding I will only raise my voice if I don't feel heard. And people being able to understand this person is um about to have a storm storm outside. <laughs> okay phone, I, I hear it. I said I, I look, I hear it
0: coming. I'm yeah, it's already
3: I was, that's why I moved to the car. I'm in here already.
1: <laughs> but it 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 gave valuable life lessons. So now when I'm in an argument with somebody and they're raising their voice, My instinct is to be quiet so that they feel so they can get out what they're saying. And I'm actually listening to them and then learning, you know, it was it it was like therapy watching the show for me because now I know how to engage in an argument. Now, I'm going to let you talk. I'm going to then once you finish, I'm going to reiterate what I just heard and give you a moment to say, yes, that's what I meant or that's not what I meant. And then I'm going to speak my piece. But just us learning how to deal with each other. Communication. It is key. Yeah. It will save your life. Mm-hmm. I've learned how to effectively communicate through this reality show. And it's crazy because I'm 37 mm-hmm. years old. Why is a reality show about people who aren't even married, who just need a, a, a bag, you know, who trying to get a, a cash flow? Uh, go through issues, but they're really just, they're stumbling upon real life healing in the in the process. But I think today's topic uh, about being protected, I think it is like the finger the pointing out, there's a lot of self-involvement and a self-responsibility that is in that feeling of protection. Because why would you stay somewhere where you don't feel protected? So we got to sometimes figure out our part in this puzzle. Um, in, in terms of our conversation on this, um, w- what things do you think we can give to each other as black men? We can get to our young black uh, boys to help them feel protected in situations. In your opinion, um, Curtis?
3: Um, I think we have to uh, give them a a plan and culture on how to communicate with each other i think that's very important um right. just listening to what you just said we have to develop a culture on how we deal with things um it has to be taught and ingrained from a young age moving forward um Maybe we need a series of, uh, of stories or something presented that can give this information. See, that's that's where the oral tradition comes in. Like we we've lost a lot of that oracles. You know, well,
1: people don't want to um, be honest anymore.
3: We, yeah, we need to we need to have a a better communication culture. Right, which um, that's I. I think that's a good starting point right there. Just learning how to talk to each other, how to how to, to respect each other, even if we don't like each other. It has nothing to do with liking. It has nothing yeah. to do with that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: It's respect. is is the idea of respect.
1: We've grown into an age where social media is a like button. So we've we surrounded right. ourselves with these in, insufficient uh representations of what uh Respect is, and we we automatically skip over that and go right to whether I like you or not. I can't I right. can't talk to you right. as my teacher because I don't like you. You know right. I don't I don't have conversations with parents or friends because I don't like you, and it has nothing to do with like I I could some of my best conversations I've had was with somebody who I didn't necessarily care about because mm-hmm. I was able to see a human quality in them. I was able Mm -hmm. to see their perspective and I gained respect for them. I may, and it it may even change whether or not you like them or not. (laughs) But getting to that backstory and like, and like you said, get us getting back to that idea of our oral traditions, us being able to communicate and pass down those stories. But again, going backwards a little bit, a lot of this deals with sacrifice. You know we have a lot of parents that are allowing children to sit on sec- secrets or grow in secrecy. Uh, we got a lot of people that we have parents that, that are now competing with their own children for resources and and things because mm-hmm. they weren't given them. So nobody is willing to sacrifice anymore so that the next generation or the next person can move up a little bit further. You know if 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 you George or you Curtis. Focus so much on your own on your own education and, and getting a degree and getting a better job, and you don't give that same thing to your child, you having those things don't really matter because it stops with you there at that point. So it is this is these are gonna be some hard conversations in the upcoming weeks. And it's hard for me because it requires a certain level of admittance, uh, that there is a problem. Um but you, George, I ask, I just asked Curtis, like, what are some of the things that you think we can give to each other as Black men and to mm-hmm. our younger Black boys to kind of curb some of this feeling? But in your opinion, what, what would your answer be? Um, <clears throat> or advice?
2: Conversations uh, str- and, and most importantly strategies for, for dealing with ego.
0: Mm.
2: Um, and I'm starting to realize that if you're paying attention you can see, <clears throat> particularly in our young, in our and our and our young male children, yeah, uh, the emergence of needing to feed that ego early. And I feel like if if you catch it, and you can bring them in their language, and if you can bring it down into their language, and have a discussion about it, right? Teaching them and uh, the dangers of just what comes with, like, consistently being a slave to your ego. Because a lot of our resistance as a black male community, a lot of our resistance to change, in my opinion, comes out of ego.
0: Can
1: you explain that a little
2: bit Uh,
0: more?
2: I think that, so for instance, right, Mm -hmm. we praise that men are supposed to be the head. Men are supposed to be in charge or breadwinner, whatever you want to call it. And yet you have so many of our men who are ill prepared to shoulder that burden that comes with true leadership, that comes with true being, being, being the true head of anything. And the ego says, I am a man, thus I should be head of this, leader of that particularly in our relationships with women right and our relationship and dynamics within our family situations and yet what is it other than ego to 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 know like you want to be be the head of the household and you can't keep a job for six months or more
1: right is that is that our ego saying that or is that just how many of us were raised that was the I, information that we were getting. I think, think it's a combination.
2: In. I think it's a combination of both, but how we were raised has led to I think that anytime your ego, I, I feel like anytime that you are in a position or you are going to be adamant about being in a position that you have not earned yet, yes, uh-huh. it's an ego issue. Mm-hmm. That's 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 just my opinion, right? You have to earn the right to be you, you you have to earn in order to be head of a household
1: when did you get that lesson i didn't get that lesson i i that was a self-epiphany about seven That still when did you get it okay, like seven eight years ago
0: okay
2: when i really had you, to, when i really had to have that long look in the mirror and mm-hmm. and say george what is going on like what you you know it, it really just came down to ownership. It's like yo, things ain't going right. And you can sit here and blame X, Y, and Z, or you can figure out what you're doing, or what right. you're not doing.
1: And it was a tough conversation. And it it took work. Like this, this is
2: life. It ain't no game, yo. Like, it's grueling. It is it is a lot of ups and downs. It's a lot of hardships. The best thing that I feel like I can give any of my children is to check their attitude, be grateful for what you do have instead of constantly focusing on what you don't, mm. okay? Um, you know, and I, I'll tell you it even further. You talk to a lot of black people, older black people who grew up poor and then went on to do things so that they no longer were poor. Most of them talk about their childhood. It's like, yeah, we had a ball. We didn't know we was poor, right? We grow up in a society where we are, you grow up poor and you are keenly aware of it. And that creates an ego. It creates this egotistical. And, and like that is no fault of our own. I don't want anybody to think that because you may struggle with your ego that I, like that's your fault. You right. can absolutely be struggling with your ego based on the, the way it you were
0: raised right. right. and the
2: expectations, as Curtis was talking about earlier in the show, the expectations that have been laid out for you, Right. that now you feel you have to step up to, but have not been taught how to. So we get a lot of situations where men want to be this and one want to be that, and it's like. Well, what have you done in that direction? Nate, we see it all the time. How many people want to be actors, but they don't want to learn dialects? They don't want to, they don't want to spend the time to learn their lines. How many people have you worked with that showed up on, 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 on set and they trying to learn their lines uh, the day of uh, filming? Are they trying to learn their lines in rehearsal when no, you're supposed to come to rehearsal. You're supposed to know the lines for what we rehearsing tonight
1: so that we can work on character, so that we can delve deeper. Look at him with his metaphors and similes. And He's such a grown man now. Yeah.
2: So it's like, these things are things that we have to address within ourselves. And if we can find a way to do it but in a group setting, that would be great. Um, but like you asked me, it came to me realizing that what the life that I was, that I was in, wasn't what I wanted, and really being like I'm down to do, getting to a point where I was like, look, I'm gonna do whatever I got to do to get out of this rut. That's, this that's
3: self-actualization moment, and I, I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing I would say is self-actualization is mm-hmm. super important, and everybody doesn't get there. Right. Everybody doesn't have that. But I felt COVID nineteen with this whole shutdown. Would have been a time where people would have just sat still and took a breather, but that's not what happened on the mass level. There are certain so, things. So real quick, real, only, quick uh, real quick,
1: real yeah. quick, Curtis. We have two more minutes. I'm gonna let you okay. close us out. So you give us your uh, your last two minutes.
3: Know thyself, <laughs> Jesus. What?
1: <well. laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate. You George for coming on here, and little George for coming on here and uh, sharing your space with us, sharing your time with us, sharing your honest opinion with us, Curtis. I, I don't I don't know what else to say to you, sir. Like this is needed. It is. I'm glad that I've met you, and you are pulling this out of me, and because there's a level of honesty that I think as black men we need. With ourselves, with each other, and amongst all of our allies outside of us being black men. Um, so, please continue to keep me honest in this, and keep the integrity of this going because it just is required. Uh, the artist exchange is now. The rain is shutting us down. You know, is is giving us pause for a minute. So I want everybody, if you when you get to watch this, please share it out. Please tell somebody what we're doing here on Fridays. Myself and Curtis, and if we have a guest, a guest uh, for that day, we're gonna be digging deeper into some of these men uh-based issues. Uh, and we're gonna be telling a truth that is necessary and that's needed, and that's it's really a yearning. Uh, today I think that sense of feeling protected has now uh caused us to sacrifice a little bit more for those that are coming after us for ourselves, for our legacy and everything that's surrounding that. So This has been the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Thank you, George. Uh, There are links to their social media is at the bottom, lower third of the screen, so you can definitely follow these two brothers. And We're going to talk more about uh, Curtis and his music. He's getting away with things, but we're going to force them to share some of that music with us, hopefully on the next go-round. Up up next is the Cocktail Social. Hold on to your britches, because they about to tear the roof off of it. Peace out. Thank you, brothers. Uh and again, thank you for having me. This exchange radio show every Monday and Friday at five PM. Peace
0: out. All right.